Good to see everybody this morning. Uh, just to highlight again, uh, James and Denise Jordan will be up uh, this week. Uh, some of you were here at, uh, I guess it was a few weeks ago, we did a, a Saturday uh, or a Sunday workshop, <laughs> Sunday service and Sunday workshop on, on the Father's Heart Ministry. And uh, it just so happened, and it's uh, really cool the way God worked this out, that James and Denise can actually be here. They are uh, world-renowned speakers, and they don't usually come to small places like this, but uh, they are uh, coming next week. And um, just really encourage you, if there, if you feel there's any kind of brokenness in your life, if you feel that you your relationship with God is just maybe not quite what it should be, or you feel a little distant from Him, uh, this is going to be really powerful in terms of uh, just uh, helping us grow in that relationship. I know there are many people in this room who have been powerfully affected by uh, James and Denise and, and uh, some of their teaching, and, uh, and so just encourage you to come out uh, next week uh, for that. Uh, we're going to dismiss uh, kids at this time, so grade five and under, and then we'll just pray a blessing over them. God, we uh, pray a blessing over our young people. Uh, God, we pray your encouragement over them, we pray life over them, pray your protection and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Also, those of you looking for Bible studies, there are various studies starting up. I know there's a ladies' study starting up here. Uh, end of October, we have Richard and uh, Nina are going to be starting a study at their house. Their, uh, Abby's going to be teaching a four-week class here uh, Wednesday nights as well, starting at the end of October. And, uh, and so if you're starting a group and um, you just want to advertise that, just let us know. We can advertise the group groups for you. You can afford that, Carol. All right, we are going to take a little break from 1 Corinthians. Uh, usually when we're studying through a book, we'll work through it for a couple months and take a break and then get back into it. And so we're going to take a few weeks to uh, talk about prayer. And so let us pray. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak. God, I ask that your Spirit would uh, do your work this morning in our hearts when it comes to prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer is one of those things that we uh, try to talk about quite often here, uh, because uh, prayer is incredibly powerful. Uh, we have so many amazing stories here of uh, incredible answers to prayer and, and healings and, and uh, miracles and provision and, and God stepping in and God speaking in answer to prayer and reconciling relationship. It is amazing what God does through, through prayer. Uh, I was just listening to a testimony uh, last night, actually, of a woman who had this massive uh, cancer lump in her colon, and, uh, and, it, and through prayer, it just completely disappeared and baffled the doctors. And, and there's so many stories out there, uh, even here, uh, miraculous stories and answers to prayer. But the reason we need to talk about it a lot is because prayer is one of those things, uh, it is so powerful, yet often... Uh, the enemy works against us when it comes to prayer. Uh, there are reasons we don't pray as maybe as much as, much as we should. I mean, uh, for one, we're living in a super busy culture. And we've got all kinds of things ringing and dinging all the time. And it keeps us really distracted from, from spending time in prayer. And, uh, and so that's one reason. Uh, our pride gets in the way sometimes. 
Because if you're like me, I don't know, maybe you're not, but there are a lot of times when I, I kind of subtly think subconsciously that I can actually do more than, than through prayer. If I, if I spend an hour working on this and an hour praying, I, I push it, if I do two hours working that and don't pray, maybe I could actually get more done. That, that's our pride. Uh, thinking that we can accomplish more through our own efforts than we can through prayer. And then we have the enemy, evil spiritual beings, uh, Satan, working against us, whispering things into our ears like, Prayer doesn't really work. Uh, don't waste your time praying. You can do more just by acting. You don't have to pray about that situation. Prayer is not going to change that person. Prayer is not going to do anything. Uh, you know, prayer, God doesn't heal. or All those kinds of things he whispers in our ear. Right. Or the one lie that he whispers often, you don't have to pray about it because God's just going to do it anyways. You don't have to pray. God's sovereign. He's big and he's huge, which he is. But the lie is that God will do it anyways whether you pray or not. And we're talking about that today. But the Bible tells us, to him, that is God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And this is what prayer does. It brings in the immeasurably more than in, into a situation. I mean, I can do some pretty cool things, and I know so can you. You can do probably cooler things than I can. Uh, but God can do immeasurably more cool things than you can. Yeah, right. It's amazing what God can do. I mean, we can come up with brilliant plans we can try to maybe control another person because we've got to get them in line. We might want to control that situation or we want to do whatever we can in our own power. But God, through prayer, can do immeasurably more. And if you want to see immeasurably more happen in your life, in your marriage, in a relationship, in your finances, in your business, in, in this community, in your ministry, then you've got to be praying people. And I know many of you have a heart for prayer, and, that, and that, that's awesome. And, uh, and so we need to keep it up. The Bible says this in James 4. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. Sometimes we don't see immeasurably more because we haven't asked God. Notice what this text does not say. This text does not say that if God's going to give you it anyways. It's one of the lies sometimes Satan will put into our hearts that we don't have to pray because God will do it anyway. So that's not what the text says. The text says, you do not have because you have not asked. Now, there are, there are times when God's going to do his thing, whether we pray or not. But often, God is not going to work in the way we want or the way he wants unless we actually pray. So the point I'm going to talk about for a little bit is this. God's will is not always done. Often the difference between God's will being done and not done is prayer. If you think that, that God's will is just always done, you won't be a person of prayer. Because why should I pray? That God's going to do it anyways. <laughs> you know, why should I pray for my marriage? Because God's going to work. Why should we pray for our Sunday service? God's just going to do his thing anyways. Uh, but the reality is, God's will is not always done. Uh, I mean... Pretty much on every single page of the Bible you see this, but it's funny how often when I say this, people get scared. What do you mean God's will is not always done? Uh, we see this all the time. I mean, Isaiah 30. Uh, what sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit. In other words, there's people doing things that God doesn't want. There are people uh, going against his will. Or Luke 7. The Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. I mean, God has a will for our lives. He has a purpose for us, but we can go against that will. 
Uh, we can reject God's plan, plan for us. Uh, Matthew 23 is very clear. This is Jesus. He's weeping over Jerusalem. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you. How I have longed to gather your children together. This, this is a statement of God's will. God wanted to bring his children together. He was willing. He wanted that to happen. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. I mean, every, every time we sin, God's will is not being done. God, God never wills you to sin. God doesn't will rape or, you know, Hitler or destruction of the Jews. God doesn't will those things. He is always good, always loving, always just, always fair. There are times, this is why the this reason the world is so messed up, that, that, that things happen that are not God's will. Uh, Jeremiah, again, God says, I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land. The most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from me. But like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so you, Israel, have been unfaithful to me, declares the Lord. Again, uh, it's just so clear that God's will is not always done. Uh, often the difference between God's will being done and not done is, is actually prayer. Uh, A.T. Pearson said this, There has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. Now, God's will is for spiritual awakening all the time, <laughs> for revival to be, to be a normal thing. As, I mean, Henry and Richard Blackaby talk about revival as people moving back to God's ideal. And God's ideal is that we would be full of the Spirit and full of life and just connected to Him and just living for the kingdom. And that's what revival is. But often we slip from that. I mean, God's will is for people to be living in revival and spiritual awakening at all times. But it's interesting that when we see revival pop up, it is always birthed in prayer. Amen. That every big revival throughout history can be traced back to people praying. God, would your will be done? Would you release your glory? Would you come and aliven us because we're dead and we're dry? We need you, God. And then God steps in in answer to prayer. It was John Wesley, the famous evangelist, who uh, really changed uh, so many people for Jesus. He said this, God does nothing on earth. This was back in the 1700s, so it's weird language. Uh, God does nothing on earth save in answering to believing prayer. That he realized in his ministry as a testimony to it that God releases his kingdom when people pray. Uh, God does amazing things when people pray. If you want to see immeasurably more, if you want to see the kingdom of God released in and around your life and in your relationships, if you want God to show up in, in great ways, prayer is one of the keys. Prayer is one of those things that we need to be engaging in. This is exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 6. This is the model prayer. And Luke, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And in Matthew's version, Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if God's will was always done, why would in the world would Jesus get us to pray this prayer? If God's will were always done, why would he tell us that we are to pray, God, would your will be done? I mean, I don't think God is into wasting time. <laughs> and I don't think God wants us to be wasting time. 
Uh, but the reality is God knows that his will is not always done. God knows that he works through our prayers. And so actually part of our daily prayer should, and, and just all of our life, we should have this heart, God, would your will be done? God, would your will show up? Would your glory show up in this situation? We want your will to be done. God, would you just come uh, to, to pray that his will would be done? Because often the difference between God's will being done and not done is our prayer. Now, again, there are things uh, God will do whether we pray or not. I mean, Jesus was coming, <laughs> born of a virgin, whether anybody prayed or not. I mean, Jesus is coming back uh, whether we pray or not. Though it's interesting, the Bible says we can actually speed up his coming. Uh, uh, but uh, part of our prayer is for God's will to be done. And from the very beginning, God shaped this world in which a way that we actually play a role in carrying out the will of God. Even in the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve, it was a perfect world. It says the Lord God took the man and placed them in the orchard in Eden to care for it and maintain it. Now, was it God's will for the garden to be cared for? Obviously. Was it God's will for the garden to be maintained? Yes. But Adam had to do something. Adam had a role to play in carrying out God's will. I mean, God could have done it better. <laughs> He could have done it himself. So he says, Adam, I want you to take part in carrying out my will by maintaining the garden. Even in the perfect world, God partnered with man to carry out his will because God is love, it says in 1 John. And if you're a loving being, then you do things in relationship. God's not a narcissist where it's always me, myself, and I. I do everything by myself because I can do it better. God is love. And when you love, then you will always want to partner with other people. Hey, let's do this together. Yeah. If you're selfish, you're like, I can do it myself, I can do it better. You know? But if you, if you love, you know, let's do this together. Let's work on this together. And this is the heart of God. And this is the story of the whole Bible. God always looking for a prophet, always looking for a judge, always looking for someone to, to stand in the gap. And this is the story of God calling people in to partner with him to carry out his, his will. Right. Again, in the Garden of Eden, uh, it says, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, which means to, to, to steward the earth is the idea. But God's will, again, was for them to be fruitful and multiply. But guess what? God didn't do it himself. Adam and Eve actually had to do something about that. You know, they had to do it, you know, uh, <laughs> to be fruitful. <laughs> uh, they had to do something. Uh, they had to partner with God in order for God's will to be done, right? God's will was to be fruitful, but they had to take part in it. And this is the story of how God works. And if you want to see God at work and his will being done in, in your world, then you need to be praying. And by the way, God's will is always good. You know, there are people who are like, I'm scared of God's will. I'm never going to pray that. I think we all want to go to heaven, right? What makes heaven heaven? God's will is always done. I mean, that's what makes heaven beautiful. If you want more of heaven on earth, then just be someone who begins to pray, God, would your will be done? Would your will be done? Because what you're praying is for heaven to come down to earth because in heaven, God's will is always done. God's will is the best thing. Yeah. Might not always be the easiest thing, but it's the best thing right. because, because it's, it, it is God. So again, we see this idea of, of prayer, Playing a role in carrying out God's will. And, and again, we see this out throughout the scripture. Matthew 9. Jesus said, Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. 
ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now, you would think it's God's will to have lots of workers and to have workers out in the field, but it's interesting. He says, we've got to pray for that. This was not going to happen automatically. Uh, God's will is to have people engaged in the kingdom. But Jesus said, in order for that to happen, you've got to be praying. Praying, God, would you raise people up for the harvest? God, would your will be done? Again, prayer helps accomplish the will of God. In 2 Thessalonians, here's Paul saying, pray for us that the message of the Lord may be spread rapidly and be honored. Now, is it God's will for the message to be spread uh, rapidly and honored? Well, duh, obviously. Well, then why did Paul ask for prayer about that? Because if it's God's will, it's going to happen anyways. Well, not necessarily. Paul understood that prayer plays a role in bringing God's will from heaven to earth. We see in uh, this, God's will. God is not willing that any should perish, or God wants all people to be saved. That, that God wants every single person to come into the kingdom. And this is the most important task you think on, on planet earth, is to, to bring people into the kingdom. Because our life here is, is just like a little nanosecond compared to all eternity. And yet, people's decisions here have eternal differences. Yet, it's interesting, this thing that is God's will and is so very important that he partly leaves in our hands to partner with him and carry out his will. I mean, 2 Corinthians says, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Or in Isaiah 6, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, well, God, you do it. You're going to do it better. <laughs> God, why are you looking for somebody? I mean, just, just go do it. I mean, of course, God can do a better job than anything. But again, God is love and wants to partner. And so he reaches out and says, I'm going to work with you so that my will might be accomplished. So we have a huge role to play in bringing about God's will. And so I would need to be people of prayer. That's why you need to be praying over your relationships. Because if you want to see more of God's will in your relationships, you got to be praying. If you want to see more of God's will done in this church, I hope you're praying. Amen. If you want to see more of God's will fall upon this nation and, and this community, you got to be praying. If you want God's will to fall upon the government, guess what the Bible actually tells us? We are to be praying for our leaders. Right. And I would think probably most of us spend way more time complaining than we do praying. Yeah. But why would God say pray for your leaders? Because it makes a difference. That's right. Because God releases his kingdom when we pray. Uh, Matthew 6, again, uh, it says, Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Yet just a little bit later, <laughs> Jesus says we're still to pray for our daily bread. And God knows what we need. But guess what? It may not show up unless you pray. I mean, it was just going to automatically show up. Again, why would Jesus get us to pray for our daily bread if God was just going to automatically give it to us? Why would God ask us to waste our time praying or waste his time by, you know, getting us to pray or waste a line in scripture if it wasn't important? I mean, God works through prayer. Uh, he works through prayer. Even those daily things that we need, uh, the immeasurably more, it happens through, through prayer. First Kings is a story of what we're talking about. It says, The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the land. 
So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Now the backstory is, Ahab was a, was a wicked king. He was creating a lot of trouble. And, and so God uh, allows this famine to, to go on the land for three years, hoping to catch Ahab's attention. And the three years are now up. It's been a devastating famine. And so God tells Elijah to go and tell Ahab God's going to send rain. Now, who's going to send the rain? God is going to send the rain. What's God's will in this situation? For rain to come, right? But you go on in the story, it's interesting that in order for this rain to come, Elijah prays. He doesn't just say, well, God's promise was rain was going to fall. God's will was rain to come, so I guess I don't know, need to do anything. I'll just wait on the promise of God. He doesn't. He understood something. That often God's will is accomplished through prayer. And often his promises are actually also coupled with prayer. And so it goes on. It says, Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And this is, uh, a, was the birthing position. And this is a picture of Elijah being in passionate, desperate prayer. Now, God told you, I'm going to do this. And I promise to do this. Most of us would say, well, maybe I'll throw up a little prayer and say, God, that's awesome. You know, do it. Elijah responds, I gotta, I gotta get into this and just pray, Father, would you bring rain? God, would you release rain? And so he's in this desperate prayer, and he tells the servant, Go look towards the sea, he told the servant. And he went up and looked. There was nothing. He's looking for clouds, looking for the answer to prayer. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. The seventh time the servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go out before the, before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain started falling. So God's will, will is finally accomplished, but, but Elijah had to pray. It was a promise of God, I'm going to do this. Elijah had to pray before it happened. And it wasn't just one prayer. Seven times he's praying. This is persistent prayer, desperate prayer before the Lord's will is actually released. Now, some people say, well, maybe that's just coincidence. Maybe just coincidence. I mean, God said it was going to happen, so it must have happened whether Elijah prayed or not. But the interesting thing is, in the book of James, uh, Elijah actually gets the credit. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I mean, it was God's will, but Elijah got the credit. <laughs> Again, there are things that are God's will in your life and in this church that you may never see unless you pray. And maybe not even just a little prayer, but it may have to be desperate, earnest, persistent prayer. I mean, do we want to see God's will done in greater ways in this church? Yeah. Yeah, we pray. And I'm so thankful for the group of people who come out before our service and pray. Because that's saying, God, that your will be done in this service today. And he's praying for all, they're praying for all of you as you go through the seats and, and pray for all your chairs. That God's will will be done in the person who is sitting in this chair. I mean, prayer Amen. makes a difference. Prayer releases the will of God. Uh, Ezekiel 20, here's God saying, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall. 
and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. Again, God was saying, I don't want to destroy this land. God doesn't want to destroy people. In fact, in Ezekiel, it says this, As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn, turn from their wicked ways so they can live. A turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you? God doesn't never want to destroy. He's, he wants life. Jesus came to bring abundant life. But he says here, I looked for someone who would just stand in the gap so I wouldn't have to destroy the city. But I found none. Again, this idea of God's desire, he is looking for people to pray and to stand in the gap and intercede for that will to be carried out. And there's some weird stories about this in the Bible, the, the, the power of our prayers in relation to God. Amos 7, the sovereign Lord showed me a vision. I saw him preparing to send a vast swarm of locusts over the land. This was after the king's share uh, had been harvested from the fields as the main crop was coming up. In my vision, the locusts ate every green, green plant in sight. Then I said, Oh, sovereign Lord, please forgive us, or we will not survive, for Israel is so small. So the Lord relented from his plan. I will not do it. <laughs> God's like, This is what I'm going to do. Someone stands in the gap, like Ezekiel it stands and intercedes, and God says, Okay, I won't, I won't do it now. <laughs> Uh, then the sovereign Lord showed me another vision. I saw him preparing to punish his people with great fire. The fire had burned up the depths of the sea and was devouring the entire land. Then I said, oh, sovereign Lord, please stop or we will not survive for Israel so small. And then the Lord relented from his plan too. I will not do that either. I mean, what is it that our prayers uh, like seem to affect things like this? That's because God works in partnership. God is a relational God. That your prayers really do have incredible power and sometimes more power than we can ever know. Amos, in his one little prayer, changed what would happen to a nation. You don't know what one of your little prayers can do. You don't know what a persistent prayer can actually do if one little prayer can change a nation. You never know what God is going to do with your prayer. This, I'm not going to read through all this, but this was the story of Sodom and Gomorrah too. God was going to release uh, punishment on the city. And then, you know, the story when Abraham says, well, if there's 50, would you save it? And God says, okay, I'll save it for 50. Well, what about 45? Okay, I'll save it for 45. What about 40? It goes all the way down to 10, and, and, and they have this agreement, God, if, if there's 10 righteous people in there, we'll save the city. But there wasn't in the end. But, but what powerful prayers. Yes. Right. It was Jack Hayford who said this, prayer is essentially a partnership of the redeemed child of God working hand in hand with God towards the realization of his redemptive purposes on earth earth. And my point is here that your prayers are not a waste of time. Uh, God's just not going to do it anyways. He may, uh, but don't count on it. I mean, your prayers can really, really make a difference. And this is why all throughout the Bible, there, God's just saying, keep on praying. You got to pray. You got to pray. You really got to pray because I want my will to be done and I'm partnering with you in order for that to happen. Like Romans, be joyful in hope, faithful, a patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ephesians 6, always Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. First Timothy 2, I want men everywhere to pray. 
Philippians 4, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, pray continually. And this is God saying, I want my will to be done. I want my will to be done. I really, really want my will to be done on earth. So would you pray? Because often the difference between God's will being done or not is our prayer. Do you want to see God's will released in our nation? Do you want to see God's will released in your marriage? Do you want to see it released in those people who are hurting around you? And the Bible would say, pray. And so often we think we can just control a situation or by own, our own efforts we can make such a difference. And often you will find you can make more of a difference through prayer. And even if God says you fight your battle by, by you know, getting physically involved, it always begins with prayer. Always begins with prayer. There's an old saying that says this, His is the power, ours is the prayer. Without Him, we cannot. Without us, He will not. Again, James 4 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. First John 5, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that, we, that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Again, this is, this is James 4, 2 in a different way. You don't have because you don't ask. James 5 says, if you pray anything according to God's will, you have it. But what if you don't pray? Then you don't have it. That's what it's saying. <laughs> if you pray anything according to God's will, God will release it. But if you don't pray, then you might not get it. Again, prayer makes the difference between God's will being released or not. And so I hope you're constantly covering your marriage in prayer. I hope that you're constantly covering your family in prayer. I hope that you are constantly praying for this church. I hope that you're constantly praying for this community. I hope that you're praying for all those people at work or at school because prayer makes a difference. Prayer releases the kingdom of God over us. Yeah, yeah. One final point and then we're done. John Bunyan said this, in prayer it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Because sometimes, we're going to do a whole message on this in a couple weeks on persistent prayer, but I want to leave you with this. When you're praying for your marriage or you're praying for the church, you know, some of us are, are a few words. I got many words up here, but when I'm down there, I don't have a lot of words, uh, if you know me. Uh, but, but, you know, sometimes when you pray, well, God, would you bless our church? Would you bless our church? Would you bless our church? I'm done. That's all the words I have. <laughs> And some people don't pray much because they just say, I don't have a lot of words, so I don't pray much. I tell you, it is better to have a heart without words than lots of words without a heart. Yeah. I tell you, I can run out of words praying for this church in a minute. But I have spent many hours praying for this church without words. I mean, you can do things where you just, God knows your heart, where I'll just put on worship music and I'll just worship over this church. Is God release your glory, and I'll, and I'll sing that song. There are times when I worship over someone's marriage, or I just maybe spend time, if, if you could do this, pray in tongues, because you can pray forever in tongues, or, or however it may be. But you don't have to speak words, but God knows your heart. Right. It's like Hannah, when she was praying for a baby, was just groaning, not even saying, but God says, I, I see that heart. And you can just walk around all day having a heart for someone who's hurting. You don't even have to have words, but God knows. That person is on your heart. God, would you bless them? God, would you reach out? And he just sees it. You can be in prayer a lot just by having a heart. And so I just encourage you, be in prayer. And uh, 
I think that's all we got. So, God, we thank you <laughs> for your glory and your grace. And God, I pray, I you just encourage us in the power of prayer today. God, that if we have been just not praying much, not in conversation much with you, if we've been walking with a lack of faith, thinking that our prayers don't work, I, I pray, God, that you would shift that lie in our mind. God, that you do incredible things through prayer. God, I pray you would release more answered prayer. I, I pray you would get our hearts in line with you. That we wouldn't be praying, God bless me, but we'd be praying, God, may I be a blessing to you. Not my will be done, but God, would your will be done. I pray, God, you would bring our prayers in, in perfect alignment with your desire and your will and your plans. And so, God, we pray together that your will would be done. God, in this place, in our relationships, in this community, in our nation, in Jesus' name.